Hey, it's Rob West. To keep a current handle on your monthly income and expenses while applying God's way of handling money, try the MoneyWise app. You can manage your budget, plus have biblical financial advice at your fingertips. And it's available in both desktop and mobile versions. Just go to MoneyWise.org and click the Manage tab for more details about the MoneyWise app. Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Matthew 6, 7. I am Rob West. Fortunately, Jesus didn't stop there. He goes on to give us the Lord's Prayer as the way we should bring our needs to God. But do we sometimes skim over part of it, the part about provision? I'll talk about that today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, I want to talk about the place in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 11, where Jesus instructs his disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread. It's a very important verse that we tend to take for granted, but we shouldn't. Jesus is teaching his disciples and us that God is our provider, and we're to ask him to provide for our needs. And the most basic physical need is food. Our friend Pastor David Platt has written about this, reminding us that the verse is intended to destroy our pride. How often do we ask God to provide us with the food and water that we'll need today, and to thank Him for doing so, especially these days when prices are so high? When we say those words in the Lord's Prayer, do we really mean them? I think sometimes we're just reciting words because we forget that only God can provide us with the food and water we need to survive. He, of course, owns everything. We may think that our actions, earning and saving money, provide those things, but that's never the case. Even our ability to earn money comes from God. We're only reminded that God is our real provider when we sense that those things are about to be taken from us, and we begin to feel hunger and thirst. But this is about more than making money to buy food. We hunger for many other things in this world—peace, love, purpose, healthy relationships, you name it. The Lord's Prayer is an example of how we should pray for all of those things. Jesus wants us to go before our Holy Father in prayer and ask for everything we need— humbly admitting that only He can provide them. Give us this day our daily bread probably had more immediate importance 2,000 years ago when famine was always a real possibility. It may seem like an odd request to us because we live in the richest nation in history. Most of us, with some exceptions, never worry about where our next meal is coming from. It seems especially odd when many of us actually need less food, not more. But it's still important to pray for God's daily provision, even in America, because that prayer will keep you from thinking you can provide for your daily needs without God. In other words, it's a bulwark against prideful thinking that we or the things of this world provide what we need. Jesus knew that we're prone to that kind of thinking. That's why those words are in the Lord's Prayer, and that's why we should take them seriously. All this really shows how dangerous materialism can be. We should take a hard look at how much we're conforming to disturbing trends in Western Christianity. Maybe we really believe we can sustain our lives all on 
our own, without God. And that's a reason that many of us are so casual about prayer in general. In addition to warning about pride, Jesus is also telling us that our Father in heaven wants to give us every good and perfect gift. A few verses later in Matthew 6, he tells his disciples, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What that means is we really don't need to worry about bread or water or money. We need God, and prayer reminds us of that and of God's promise that He'll provide all of those things. In his article about this, David Platt goes on to say that in today's wealthy culture, we should ask God to deliver us from what he calls self-sustaining Christian lives. We must acknowledge daily that we can't sustain ourselves. Of course, with every believer, that begins by admitting that we need Christ as our Savior. But it must also extend into every area of our lives, that we need God to sustain us with even our most basic needs. And that's how we can avoid the pride that comes from materialism. No matter how much money we make, how big a house we live in, or how fancy the car we drive, we don't really need those things. We only need God. So when we say those words, give us this day our daily bread, we need to really mean them and thank God for providing it. Oh, and one more thing. We can show our thankfulness through generosity. Giving breaks the power that money has over us and demonstrates our faith that God will meet our needs. All right, your calls are next on these Bible verses or anything else financial. The number to call is 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and we'll be right back. Forty-five thousand. That's how many times MoneyWise referred a listener to a certified kingdom advisor, or CKA, last year. And for good reason. These are trusted financial, legal, and accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure they provide biblically wise financial advice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to moneywise.org and clicking the Find a CKA button on the homepage. Christian Healthcare Ministries enables believers to show love for one another by sharing each other's health costs. Through CHM's voluntary health cost sharing programs, members uplift each other spiritually and financially. CHM is an eligible option under the Affordable Care Act and a Better Business Bureau accredited charity. Interested? Learn more by calling 800 791 6225 or online at chministries.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. This is where we apply biblical wisdom to your financial decisions and choices. 800-525-7000. Two lines open, perhaps for what you've been thinking about in your financial life. We'd love to hear from you. Cleveland, Ohio. Linda, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yes, I'm actually calling on be- I'm actually calling on behalf of a friend. So, I don't have as much information as I should have, but um, basically I had lunch with her over the weekend. Um, She injured her leg, um, I think it was last May, um, this this past May. And so she she works in an industry where she's on her feet all the time. I think she helps um, serving or catering. And so she hasn't been able to work. 
finds out that her leg hasn't been healing as it should, and she has to go for additional surgery. So, you know, when we were talking, she, her, her question is, like, where do I even go? What do I do? I don't think she's eligible to retire. I, I would put her in her early 60s, so I don't think she's on Medicare yet. Um, and I don't know what kind of programs. And I thought of you guys. Like, I didn't know if there was someone she could talk to, like an advisor or, you know, just kind of someone to suggest, like, hey, this is out there. You probably don't even know about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts. First, I'm so sorry to hear about uh, her difficult spot that she's been in. Uh, I'd offer three suggestions. Uh, the first is, uh, you know, perhaps just making her local church aware of the situation. They may have a benevolence fund to help members in this very situation. And so I think, you know, this is where the body of Christ, the picture is coming together to help one another, bear one another's burdens. And I think, you know, this short season is perhaps, you know, why they have their benevolence ministry if they do. So a lot of times we don't think of that, or perhaps we don't want to, you know, ask for that type of assistance. And yet it's there for that reason. If there is uh, such a, a ministry at your friend's uh, church. I think second, uh, has she looked at the uh, possibly applying for Social Security disability based on her work record? I, I don't know that. Okay. I don't so know I would that. have her go to ssa.gov, and if you're not currently receiving benefits on your own Social Security record and you're unable to work uh, because of a situation uh, like she's in, uh, you know, that's what social, uh, social security disability is for. And that could be, uh, you know, an, an opportunity as long as she uh, has the num proper number of credits to be able to get that kind of assistance. So ssa.gov. And then I would look, you know, to local organizations. Uh, my uh, team tells me that they're in Cleveland. There's uh, an aging and disability network called adacleveland.org that you could look at locally. So I think between Social Security, any local assistance, and uh, her church, those would probably be the first three that I would go to as she explores opportunity for some temporary assistance. Okay? Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right, Linda, thanks for calling. 800-525-7000. We have one line open uh, to Florida. Prem, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Uh, I'm actually in a, in a very bad uh, spot uh, um, where I have a big debt because, unfortunately, my wife had filed for divorce since two years, and um, I used up all my credit cards, uh, maxed out, and um, the bills keep coming uh, every month, and I don't know how I'll be able to pay those. So um, I'm facing a big challenge. Um, can't can withdraw um, from this attorney because it's coming to uh, end, but it'll take three, four, three months at least to complete the case, but there will be big bills again. Uh, so right now I am facing where I'm paying minimum payments to the credit card, but I need to get more money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is the hearing for, Prem? Is it something you can walk away from or is it something that need you need to see through? But this is the divorce thing that my wife has filed. I see. Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's a challenge. I mean, I, obviously that starts with open communication with the attorney, uh, just to make sure the attorney's aware of the situation you're in. Uh, you know, you may be looking at a situation where you need to file bankruptcy just because you do, if you had to for protection, doesn't mean you need to walk away from the debts. I think you have a, an, an obligation to repay. The Bible is pretty clear on that, but within your ability to do so, and that may take time and it may not have happen in the time frame that you want. Clearly, it's in your best interest to try to keep these current, perhaps checking with our friends at christiancreditcounselors.org to see about a uh, debt management program, if you could get on a level monthly payment that fits into your budget, but with much lower interest rates, that would be helpful because now we'd actually have something going toward principal. But I, I want you to avoid uh, at all costs taking on additional debt just because of the situation you're describing. So I think it's really a matter of, uh, you know, visiting with the attorney, letting them know the situation you're in, seeing if they can work out a payment plan or a pay over time or something that would allow you to uh, keep all of your debts uh, paid. Obviously, going back to your spending plan and looking for every available opportunity to cut. I mean, this is where I'd put in that Mayday budget, Prem, where you're looking at the big four, keeping the utilities paid, keeping the rent or the mortgage paid, keeping gas in the car so you can get to work and keeping food on the table and everything else is negotiable uh, because at this point we need to try to cut, cut, cut to free up margin so you can keep the debts current and obviously uh, finish out this uh, this divorce proceeding with representation. So I know it's a tough spot. We're going to ask the Lord to give you some wisdom in this. If you uh, want one of our MoneyWise coaches to walk alongside you, we'd be happy to do that at no cost. Just connect with us at moneywise.org. Thanks for your call, sir. All right, let's round it out today in Tampa, Florida. Uh, Bridget, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Hi, thank you for taking the call. So sure. the questions that I've been rattling around in my brain for the last few weeks is that I've got a little bit in savings, and I'm trying to buy a new car, and then I also came into the opportunity to buy a property, which is fairly cheap as well. So I'm just trying to figure out you know, do I need to put more into one or the other, or do yeah. I need to just split it down the middle or like yeah. trying to figure out how am I divide it up? Sure. Well, I mean, two different assets entirely, Bridget, that uh, we've got to consider. Number one, you know, if, you, if you're getting to a place where you need a car, uh, that's critical just because that's how you're going to get to work and that's your means of transportation as opposed to just an investment. One's a depreciating asset. The other is obviously an asset you'd be looking for to buy for appreciation. Uh, furthermore, to complicate things, it's a terrible time to buy a car just because car prices, both new and used, are through the roof. Uh, so I would say if you don't have to buy that car right now, I'd wait. If you do, then you need it for transportation. Um, and so, you know, the extent to which you can wait and save and buy later, I think makes a lot of sense. If you're in a position to buy that piece of property, that's great. And you could save toward that. I would just make sure that you can go in with at least 50% down and that you're ready to be a landlord and understand all the implications 
that come with that. So this is a tough one. I'd give it a lot of prayerful consideration, Brenda. But if you want to do both, excuse me, Bridget, if you want to do both, splitting, I think, between the two makes a lot of sense. We appreciate you checking in with us today. Much more to come right around the corner on MoneyWise, including your questions. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal. But you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org give. If you're investing for retirement or any other goal, you may be wondering if it's possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind no matter what's happening in the market. Sound Mind Investing has a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. SMI has helped tens of thousands of Christians learn to be wise and faithful stewards in the area of investing. Profit and peace of mind no matter what's happening in the market at soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. Let's head right back to the phones. First to Mary in Indiana. Go right ahead. Okay. How are you? Thank you. I love your program. Okay. I have a student. Um, I'm a retired teacher. And uh, since the pandemic, of course, you know, I've been subbing. And um, there was a student. I work at every school all the time for the last 15 years. And this student would always come in and he would just go in the corner and do his homework. Well, um, and then he would just, after he got his homework done or all of his work, you know, that lesson for the day, he would yeah. just act up. <laughs> but he would never uh, do it prior. So I want to invest $1,000 and just let it grow for 15 or 20 years for him. Because, you know, um, sometimes they don't make the right decisions, you know, but I figure if he gets about 30 years old, maybe he'll be able to buy a house with it. Or So what programs would you suggest? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. The challenge is the type of account. Uh, you know, you could do a custodial account. The problem is that becomes his at the age of majority, which was likely 18. If he wanted to take it and buy a sports car, or he's not making good decisions. That kind of defeats that purpose. The other way to do it is just to do it in your name and then make him the beneficiary of that account. Uh, that way you can control, uh, you know, what's done with it and when it's dispersed to him so long as you're alive. Because if the Lord calls you home, then that immediately goes to him. Um, and so if you're trying to avoid that and you want to control it beyond your life until certain conditions are met, that's going to involve a trust. The challenge is that's going to, that's going to be pretty costly. I mean, that could be $1,500 to set up, but essentially that's a legal entity for the purpose of holding assets for the benefit of a specific person or even an organization. And children are frequently the beneficiaries of trust funds because they safeguard the assets and make sure they're used for their stewardship. Um, you know, and so certain triggering events that cause the dispensing of the assets uh, to the intended recipient can be set up in the trust, such as when he reaches a certain age or a payment schedule or when certain conditions are met, and it can live beyond your life where a trustee would disperse based on the trust documents. The challenge is if you're talking about just a thousand dollars, that could you know chew 
skew up the whole thing in just the cost, the legal expense to set it up. So I think beyond that, Mary, it's probably just something that's in your name where it's a separate account, probably putting it into a, a stock index fund, like a, you know, a total return. Uh, market index fund that just captures the broad moves of the market and it's just invested. You know it's earmarked for him. You have control over it. You put him on it as the beneficiary. Um, and if at some point during your life you decide he's ready for it, at that point you could gift it to him. Um, you would just have to be aware that if you know you pass away, it automatically becomes his money regardless of what age he is at that point. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your show. Thank you. All right, Mary. Thank you very much. Uh, To Let's see. We're going to stay in Indiana. Judy, uh, with a really interesting question. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, So I like to support uh, local stores, brick-and-mortar stores. But if I find a product, I found a product, uh, the clerk was very helpful to narrow it down. It still has to be special order. But I can get it much cheaper online, is it wrong? What does the Bible say? Should I, I mean, it's like, uh, they're counter stools, I found, and I can get it online $85 cheaper each yeah. stool. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I've tried to deal with the, the, the clerk, and she said that's her bottom line. Is, is it wrong as a Christian? I, I just don't know what to do. I mean, I've yeah. got the money. I can pay it, but I know sure. we should be wise stewards. Yeah. Yeah. In my notes here, Judy, I just want to ask you kind of a follow-up question here. It says you, you know, she actually went above and beyond to actually let you use the chairs, put them in your home, took them out of her inventory for a period of time. Tell me about that piece of it. Well, she just, I just took it home for an hour to see how oh, it would I see. look. I see. And, and yeah. so I brought it back because the one, I didn't want a back, I decided I wanted one without a back, but then she let me take one without a back home. And that's the one that I decided on, except I'd have to special order it in a different color. Yeah, yeah, very good. One side of this says, well, as a good steward, why would I pay anything more than I have to pay if I can find it cheaper somewhere else? The other side of this is if you value being able to buy locally and have local places that many, in many respects are going out of business because of this practice and because of what's happening with online shopping, then you may say, you know what, I'm going to choose to shop local. Um, so I don't think there's a right or wrong here. I, you know, I think you just need to kind of think through it and see, is the Lord kind of telling me to do one thing or the other? And if not, uh, you know, I think you're certainly entitled to go any way you want. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Okay, thank you. All right. We appreciate you uh, calling today. And let us know what you decide. I'm, I'm curious. I'd love to hear the end of the story. God bless you, Judy. Uh, folks, we covered a lot of ground today. You know, at the end of the day, we want to be good managers of God's resources and really uh, be wise stewards, which means we have to seek wise counsel in all that we do. These kinds of unsettled markets, these challenging economic times can lead us to fear when we play the what-if game. Uh, let me close today by just addressing that. You know, our friend, the late Larry Burkett, used to say, our anxieties usually are not related to the lack of things, but to the loss of things. Uh, Larry would go on to explain that one of Satan's favorite tools to discourage Christians is the question, 
what if? What if questions lead right down the road to fear? Uh, Maybe you've asked one of these questions recently. What if the economy gets worse and I can't pay my bills? What if I don't have enough money for retirement? What if I have a medical emergency and our insurance isn't enough? What if I can't find an affordable car? What if I lose my job? Or even uh, what if my spouse dies? Well, the problem with what if is that it makes us think about what might go wrong in the future. And of course, we can't see the future, but we tend to worry about it anyway. Uh, Worry leads to fear and fear is a spiritual trap. Fear is the opposite of trust. And when you stop trusting God, you're right where the enemy wants you, taking your eyes off the goodness of God and focusing on our own problems instead. You know, folks, it's all about perspective, fear or trust. Let me finish today with some passages that I know will be an encouragement to you. Jesus says in John 16, in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, folks, the enemy wants us to worry about what we might lose. But in Christ, we gain so much more, including peace, no matter what. So uh, let me challenge you today not to play the what-if game and instead lean into your trust in the Lord. I hope that was an encouragement to you. So thankful for you being along with us today. I want to say how grateful I am for my team. Gabby T managing our phones today. Amy Rios, our producer. And Dan Anderson, our engineer, Mr. Robert Sutherland, providing great research today. I hope you'll come and join us tomorrow. I'll be here, Lord willing, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Money Wise is provided by Money Wise Media and listeners like you. 